0: Uh, Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord God, we, uh, um, yeah, we're so uh, grateful for for all the things that um, have been uh, said this morning, all the things that have been sung, uh, all the truths that have been uh, pressed into our hearts already. Uh, Lord, I love that uh, verse from Psalm 40. uh, As for me, I am poor and needy, but the Lord thinks of me. Uh, Lord, what a wonderful wonderful truth that is, that we are in your minds, Lord, that you uh, love us um, even in our our, uh, poverty and our our neediness, Lord, that you are um, so gracious to us, to use us. Um, So Lord, I pray that um, as we read your word this morning, that you would speak to us, um, that you would teach us, uh, and that we would go uh, knowing uh, how you would have us live. In Christ's name, amen. All right, well, do you ever feel uh, like God is calling you to do something impossible? Like uh, uh, God calls you to do something and you, you, you can only really say, uh, God, I'd love to do that so much. What a great thing to do that would be. Uh, but I just lack everything that you want me to do there. I lack everything that is need needed To do that Uh, it's like in the Wizard of Oz um, all the characters in the Wizard of Oz uh, just need uh, have a job that they're supposed to do but they need something really basic to be able to do that job right you've got the lion uh, who's supposed to be the king of the beasts uh, but he has no courage uh, you have the Tin Man, who's, uh, who would love to be a, an affable um, inhabitant of the forest, a, a lovely friend to everyone around him, uh, except he has no human heart. Um, the Scarecrow, who would uh, just love to spend all his day thinking as he stands in the field, um, but he has no brain to be able to do that. <clears throat> um, you, in some ways, many ways, the Christian life is like that, right? Right? Um, I'd be, a, I'd be a, a great Christian, I could do so much for Jesus if I only had the nerve, if I only had a heart, if I only had a brain. Is it just me or do, do, do you guys feel like that too sometimes? That God is calling you to do something, but he's just, but you just aren't able to do it. Uh, Well, Solomon, uh, when he became king, he really felt like that too. Uh, He was uh, prophesied um, before he was even born. He was uh, told that he was going to do great things for God. He was going to rule Israel, um, and that means he was going to lead them politically and spiritually. He was going to bring peace to the whole nation. Uh, He was going to build God's temple on earth. They're pretty big things that God had called him to do, and, and Solomon Uh, We see here in in this passage, as he became king, he just didn't really feel ready for any of it. He would be a great wise leader if he only had a brain. Uh, But what we're going to see this morning as we study this passage is that God supplied his needs. I mean, as we see it as well, uh, we'll learn how God supplies our needs as well as he calls us to do, um, to do his will here on earth. God supplies our needs um, through Jesus Christ. Uh, there's going to be two points this morning. Um, and in, in those points, um, you'll see them in your bulletins there, that there's two aspects of who God is that we're going to see from this passage um, and two ways that we can respond um, in, in light of who God is. Um, so we're going to start with uh, verses 5 to 10 uh, of this passage. Um, and as you'll see in your bulletins, the first point is, in light of God's love, ask him to supply your needs. And we're going to read, um, read it bit by bit since Tony's um, so graciously read all the passage out for us. <clears throat> um, so we're going to start, start just by verse, looking at verse 5. Um, the first way that we see God's love in this passage is, is actually quite subtle. Um, but, so let me just read verse 5 and then, um, and then we'll see what it says about how God loves us. Uh, verse 5 of 1 Kings chapter 3, At Gibeon the Lord appeared to Solomon in a dream by night, and God said, Ask what I shall give you. Um, if you see in that passage, God, the first thing that happens in this passage is that God comes down to Solomon. God took the initiative and came down to Solomon to hear his prayer. And that's quite a significant thing um, because it, it sort of shakes up the way a little bit of how we see prayer. Often we think of prayer as we're taking a message up to God, where Bringing our cares before him. But here in this passage we see that that doesn't happen first. What happens first is that God comes down to hear the prayers of his people. Um, And for us too, uh, God has come down for us. We just sang that song, right? God with us. We're not alone for Christ is here. Emmanuel, our God, has come near. Uh, God has come down to us in Jesus. Uh, he's put, as it were, his ear beside our mouths so that we can lift up our feeble prayers to him. He's put his spirit within us so that we, uh, so that even the prayers that we don't verbalize, uh, the words that we don't say out loud, the ones that we don't even know how to say with words, God hears them. God hears the cries of our hearts. <coughs> And the Spirit bears them directly to the Father himself. As I said, we don't need to go up to God. Um, in the, in the, the movie, of course, um, they have to follow, 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 follow the yellow brick road. We have no yellow brick road that we need to follow to get to, to God. We don't need to prove ourselves. We don't need to go on a long quest and, and kill a witch. We, uh, God has come down to us. God has come down to hear us himself. Um, Secondly, uh, the second way we see God's love in this passage um, comes in verses 6 and and the first half of verse 7. So let me just read those. Uh, Solomon said, You have shown great and steadfast love to your servant David, my father, because he walked in uprightness, uh, in faithful, sorry, he walked before you in faithfulness, in righteousness, and in uprightness of heart towards you. And you have kept for him this great and steadfast love, and have given him a son to sit on his throne this day. And now, O Lord, my God, you have made your servant king in the place of David, my father. Uh, when I read this passage uh, the first time, I just I got stuck on that verse that uh, that phrase there. Great and steadfast love. What a beautiful phrase that is. <clears throat> God has great and steadfast love towards us. In the way he's acted towards David and the way he acts towards us, we see God's great and steadfast love. Now, the world, of course, doesn't know um, anything, any sort of love that is both great and steadfast. Now, we, sort of, we sort of seem to admire uh, love that is great, great displays of affection, great <coughs> uh, dis- great uh, acts of, of sacrifice, great uh, emotion and passion. Um, but it never really lasts very long. Like you think of, of Romeo and Juliet or the Titanic movie, which uh, are a he- a heralded as these great love stories, but they're over in a couple of nights. Um, you have uh, also... Steadfast love, people, uh, of course, we're alarmed at the divorce rates, but people still sort of seem to admire a love that lasts a lifetime. But the stereotypical uh, old married couple is always fighting and bickering. The love may be steadfast, but it's certainly not great, according to the world. But God's love is both. Uh, Psalm 103, verse 11 says, as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his steadfast love. Do you know how high space is? How big space is? Do you have any idea how big it is? Me neither. (laughs) As best as we can tell, it just keeps going on forever and ever. And that's how big God's love is too. Uh, We'll take this verse for example, Uh, Exodus 34 verse 6, it says that God is abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness, keeping steadfast love for thousands, or another way of reading that verse, um, to the thousandth generation. Uh, God spoke that about three and a half thousand years ago, Um, so that's about, at 20 years a generation, that's about 175 generations, not even close to a thousand. This world will probably never see a thousand generations. <clears throat> and God's love doesn't change, is what he says. Most importantly, we see God's love in Christ dying for us. God's love is so great, um, says Paul in Romans 5, that God would come down and die for sinners. And God's love is is so steadfast that Christ would rise again and intercede before the Father for us for all of eternity. God's love is so great and so steadfast. God has great and steadfast love for David. He has great and steadfast love for you and me. And because of this, uh, Solomon uh, had confidence that God would answer his prayers in the best way possible. He was able um, to lift up his prayers to God uh, in faith of God's loving provision for him. Uh, and so can we. Because of God's great love, we can have confidence that God hears us and because of his great love, we can have confidence that he <clears throat> answers our prayers uh, in his wisdom and grace. So then what did, uh, what did Solomon ask for in in response to that love that he'd seen in God? Uh, well, before we get to that, I just want to sort of think a little bit about what Solomon could have asked for. It, it sort of puts it in perspective to think about all the things that Solomon kind of needed, all the things that he could have asked for um, it, uh, when God said, ask what I shall give you. If you look back a little bit to uh, 2 Samuel 7, that's just the book just before uh, 1 Kings, 2 Samuel chapter 7. <clears throat> uh, as you're turning there, this uh, this chapter is about um, David. Um, he's sort of at the height of his, of his kingship here. He's, um, um, he's at peace for, for a change. He's... Um, He's sitting in this nice, beautiful palace um, and he's just enjoying life. And he looks out the window and he sees a tent. And that tent is the tabernacle, of course. Um, and he thinks, hang on, that's not right. God shouldn't be dwelling in a tent while I'm living in this wonderful, beautiful palace. <clears throat> um, and so he says, you know what, God, I'm going to build you a tent. I'm going to build you a palace. I'm going to build you a nice, big, glorious temple. Um, <clears throat> And, uh, and God said, no, you're not. That's, that's not my plan for you. That's my plan for your son, actually. But it's not my plan for you. Um, and so if we read uh, verses uh, 12 to 16, um, we see what God is promising about David's son. Uh, God says, when your days are fulfilled and you lie down with your father's, And your house and your kingdom shall be made sure forever before me. Your throne shall be established forever. So we see in that passage that God is making a prophecy. And we learn stuff about Solomon in this passage. We learn that he would be king, first of all. Uh, We learn that he's going to rule for a long time. Um, God says he's going to establish this throne for forever or at least a long time in, in, in terms of Solomon's case. Uh, We learn that he's going to bring peace to Israel. Um, I didn't actually read that verse, but it's uh, um, back a little bit before God says that he's going to bring peace by David's son. Uh, And we see, most importantly, that that, uh, Solomon is going to build God's house, uh, or he's going to build God's temple. Now, if we think for a moment about all the things that Solomon was going to need to do all this stuff, um, and back in 1 Kings chapter 3, we actually sort of get a bit of an idea of what Solomon could have asked for. Uh, we see in verse, the first half of verse 11 um, that God says all the things that Solomon didn't ask for. He didn't ask for long life. He didn't ask for riches. He didn't ask for the life of his enemies or victory over his enemies. Um, and now these sort of sound like Fairly selfish things that Solomon could have asked for. But actually, those are things that if Solomon had the same priorities as God, he would feel pretty justified in asking for them. Uh, long life would have been pretty useful if Solomon was going uh, to rule for a long time. Uh, riches would have been pretty useful if Solomon's going to build this massive, massive gold temple. Victory over his enemies. That's pretty useful if you want peace. <coughs> Um, so all these things that God promised, uh, Solomon could have felt pretty justified in asking for. But let's see what he did ask for. Verse uh, From the second half of verse 7, he says, um, <clears throat> made, um, Solomon says, You've made me king, although I am but a little child. I do not know how to go out or come in and your servant is in the midst of your people whom you have chosen, a great people, too many to be numbered or counted for magnitude. Give your servant, therefore, an understanding mind to govern your people, that I may discern between good and evil, for who is able to govern this your great people? Solomon prayed for wisdom. Uh, More specifically and literally, he he prayed that God would give him an understanding mind, a listening mind. Um, That is, that he would uh, be able to listen and obey what God had called him to do. And that he would be able to relate to the um, the people that he was uh, um, called to govern. He asked for uh, a wise mind, or that's what God says he's going to give him anyway later on. Um, he asked for a, for a wise mind, and that's uh, literally sort of smart or, or um, able to, uh, skilled in, in some ways, able to do the right thing. Uh, he asked for a discerning mind, that he would be able to tell the difference between good and evil. And all these things are, are elements of godly wisdom, the wisdom that is able to. <clears throat> Uh, do the right thing that God has called us to do. and he prayed very humbly uh, if you if you notice that in verse seven, he says, "I am but a little child I don't know how to go out or come in. obviously that's uh, that's hyperbole. Um, Solomon was an adult who who knew how to use doors at that stage but <clears throat> but he was praying really humbly that God would uh, because he saw His himself, uh, in light of God's wisdom, he was able to compare himself with God's wisdom, God's glory, God's greatness, and majesty, and he said, "I am just a small child compared to compared to you." And there, in verse ten, we see that God is pleased with that request. That's that's pretty impressive. God is pleased with Solomon's request, um, and that's instructive for us then, because that means <clears throat> that we should follow Solomon's example uh, in the way he asks, uh, in, w- in what he asks, and the way he asks. Uh, we need to humbly pray about our spiritual needs as well. Um, now, it's not necessarily uh, wisdom that we need, that we always need to ask for. Um, <clears throat> sometimes. Uh, God's called us to different things that require different, uh, different spiritual needs. Um, but we do need to think about the spiritual needs that we have um, as we go to do God's will. Now think about it. What would you ask for if God said, ask what I shall give you? God says, ask anything in the, in the world, I'm, I'll give it to you. What are you going to ask for? First question is, you're going to ask for something for yourself. Are you going to ask for something that's useful in serving him or something that's just going to benefit yourself? Uh, James says, you ask and do not receive because you ask wrongly to spend it on your passions. But let's say you do have God's priorities in mind. Like Solomon, you, you see what God has called you to do. You want to serve God with what he gives you. What would you ask for then? maybe you 'd ask for uh, time more time so that you can uh, you can spend more time serving God in church and and more time leading your family or or being with people or whatever it is. maybe you want money or a big house so that you can share with other people so that you can uh, uh, be a good host or or uh, be generous to others that 's a fair thing to ask for um, you might ask for for skills um, so that you can Do uh, different things. Maybe you want to, you want to cook, um, casseroles, but you're not such a good cook. Or you want to play in church, but you're not a very good musician. You could ask God for, for skills. Yeah. Maybe you want people, friends who, who you can share the gospel with. That's, that's a good aim, isn't it? Well, like Solomon, we should ask for spiritual things. Uh, when, our greatest need is not these things uh, it's that God would change our hearts it's that God would empower us by the power of Jesus um, to have the grace and the mercy and the or the wisdom or whatever it is of Christ uh, Ephesians three sixteen and 17 Paul prays that according to the riches of his glory uh, he that's the father might grant you to be strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner being. That Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, Paul says. Now what we need uh, is for God to supply our spiritual needs by the inward work of Jesus in our hearts so that we can do what he has called us to. Now obviously those things aren't necessarily bad and I'm going to talk a little bit later about how God supplied uh, Solomon's more superficial needs, if you want to put it that way. Um, but what? But but first let's think about what spiritual needs you might have. First thing to think about there is what has God called you to do? Um, and then from there we can think about what spiritual needs uh, might be asso- uh, associated or appropriate for those specific roles. So maybe let me speak to the husbands here. What has God called you to do? Well, for a start, he's called you to love your wife. He's called you to listen to her, to supply her needs, um, <clears throat> to put her needs before your own, to be there for her. He's called you to lead your wife. Um, he's called you to <clears throat> be her pastor, to, uh, to guide her spiritually and help her. He's called you to be faithful to your wife, um, <clears throat> to... Uh, to uh, put aside, put out of your mind, far out of your mind, any thoughts of a, 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 sexual, um, a sexual fantasy that, that don't involve her and her alone, um, to stick with her through thick and thin till death do, does you part. Do you find those hard? Maybe you're a lone wolf and you find it hard to love your wife Um, Because you look after yourself first and foremost, and anyone else can get what's left over. Maybe you need Jesus' selflessness. Maybe you don't know how to love your wife, uh, sorry, lead your wife. You don't know what you're doing or or where you're supposed to lead her or how. Um, And maybe you need Jesus' wisdom. Maybe you're uh, an insatiable appetite. Um, and you need Jesus' self-control um, as you be faithful to your wife. About the wives here, what has God called you to do? Well, submit to your husband um, <clears throat> to respect his authority and, and his uh, loving guidance over you as much as it, uh, as much as it is um, uh, in accordance with God's leadership, of course. Um, be affectionate to your husband and, and love him even when he's not really a very lovable guy. <clears throat> um, but maybe uh, you've been taught to stick up for yourself because no one else will. Um, so you need Jesus' meekness as you submit. Maybe uh, when your friends gossip about their husbands, you uh, find it uh, so easy to relate and you uh, need Jesus' patience to be affectionate to your husband. We can move on. Uh, Maybe you're a parent uh, and you're called to bring up your children in gentleness and truth, but you need Jesus' patience because they're really good at pushing your buttons. Maybe you're a son or a daughter called to respect and obey your parents, but you need Jesus' humility because so often they just don't know, you just know so much better than they do. Maybe you're an employee. Uh, called to honour your bosses and be faithful and hard-working at work. Uh, but you need Jesus' strength and steadfastness because you're, you're overworked and underpaid and underappreciated. Maybe you're struggling with what God's called you to do at church or, or how God's called you to live in relation to government or how God's called you to relate to your boyfriend or girlfriend. Maybe you're here today and you're struggling with everything. You've been called to repent, to turn from sin and live as a Christian, but you can't. And what you need is Jesus to bring life and forgiveness and his spirit within you. Whatever the case may be, ask God to supply your needs in Jesus. See, with Jesus to supply your needs, then you can follow where God leads. But maybe that doesn't describe you so much. Maybe you already feel ready to do what God has called you to do. And that's actually a fair thing to say. Um, If if that's because God has supplied your needs, then great. God God does answer prayer. That's what we've been saying all morning. God is willing to supply your needs. So if you've asked God and he's supplied your needs, what a wonderful thing that is. Uh, Now, maybe you think you're ready because you just haven't thought long and hard enough about about what your needs are. You haven't actually asked God, but you just feel ready. You're you're doing all right. In that case, you probably need to think a bit more deeply about about what your needs are, what your weaknesses are, and, and come before God humbly, like Solomon did. But like I said, if you have asked God to supply what you are needing, and if he has, then listen up to this point number two. Because now we're going to talk about God's generosity. Point two, in light of God's generosity, thank him for supplying your needs. And, and we see um, from verses 11 to 14 uh, that God supplied Solomon's needs. Let me read those verses Uh, Verses 11 to 14, And God said to him, Because you have asked this, and have not asked for yourself long life or riches or the life of your enemies, but have asked for yourself understanding to do what is right, behold, I now do according to your word. I give you a wise and discerning mind so that none like you has been before you and none like you shall arise after you. In fact, let's uh, pause there for a second. Uh, Because we see there that, that God is supplying what Solomon's asked for. Uh, unlike the wizard, um, I, I've, uh, I've used a few illustrations from that movie this morning. Let's let's do a few more. Unlike the wizard who turns out to be a fraud, God comes through for Solomon. He doesn't give useless, silly answers, silly things to the um, like the wizard does. He gives a, what is it? A, a ticking clock to the scare, uh, to the Tin Man and a a diploma to the um, the scarecrow and a medal to the the lion <clears throat> and expects them to make up for the rest, right? Find find your, your courage and your your heart and your brain within yourself. God doesn't do that. God gives you exactly what you need. God gives you himself, because he is the solution in himself. Um, And unlike Dorothy, who woke um, to find that everything had gone back to how it was before, when Solomon woke, God had truly and wonderfully answered his prayer. God really absolutely does answer prayers. Um, But uh, again, God went far beyond what Solomon asked for and supplied his needs far beyond what he asked. Uh, Let me read again from the in the middle of verse 12, I suppose, um, and we'll see all the things that God gave Solomon. God says, Behold, I give you a wise and discerning mind, so that none like you has been before you, and none like you shall arise after you. I give you also what you have not asked, both riches and honor, so that no other king shall compare with you all your days. And if you walk in my ways, keeping my statutes and my commandments as your father David walked, then I will lengthen your days as well. God gave Solomon vast, world renowned wisdom. He gave him riches, riches that would make him the envy of every other king. He gave him honor above all other kings as well. He gave him long life as long as Solomon obeyed God. God generously supplied Solomon's needs far beyond what he asked. Like I said before, often we have these, these superficial needs, um, these things that we, we sort of see and we're like, I think I need that, but, um, <clears throat> but God's called me to pray for spiritual needs. And God, we see here that God is supplying Solomon's superficial needs as well as just <clears throat> his spiritual ones. He went far beyond what Solomon asked. Even the wisdom is... Mind-bogglingly greater than than what Solomon asked. He just wanted wisdom so that he could rule the country, and so God gave him wisdom that we still know three thousand years later as as like associated. The, the guy's name is still associated with wisdom, even among people that that haven't necessarily don't necessarily know what Solomon's all about. On the other side of the world, we still know Solomon is a wise dude. Uh, Ephesians chapter 3, I read out a little bit of that that prayer that uh, Paul prayed for the Ephesians, and this is how he finishes it off. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all that we ask or think, according to the power at work within us, to him be glory in the church, and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. God is still gracious towards us. Not just to Solomon, he's gracious towards us too. uh, It it sort of reminds me of um, this week I was a bit disorganized and I um, didn't let uh, Vicky or, or Tony know what, i was actually preaching on this morning and yet how wonderfully seamlessly the service has flowed in god's gracious um, provision uh, he has um, sovereignly worked all this service together so that it would be uh, flowing and glorifying to him but often god doesn't supply our ways our needs in ways that we expect or want sometimes he uses other means um one time or last year i was uh, struggling with how to lead beck my wife um and and i was praying to god about about that he would uh, uh, help me with that and i was reading all these marriage books and all these books about being a husband and a few months later i was finally i was reading a, a book about pastoring just for a, a, a different um sort of thing that was going on um and and in that book it wasn't until that I read that book that God spoke to me and said, this is what it means to lead your wife. <clears throat> God didn't uh, uh, use any of the means that I expected he would. He gave me as a, an unexpected little source there. And sometimes he uses means, though, that aren't actually good either, that, we, uh, that aren't what we expect and they're not, they don't really seem good either. Um, he uses pain. Uh, he uses our awareness of our own sin um, to, to teach us about uh, how we should um, live before him. Sometimes he doesn't even give us what we've asked. Sometimes he gives us something else. Sometimes he gives us nothing at all. You remember uh, uh, that Paul prayed three times and God said, My grace is sufficient for you. My power is p- made perfect in weakness. Um, But even though God rarely answers prayers as we want or expect, he always answers prayers according to his wisdom. Like we sang this morning, the perfect wisdom of our God. He always answers prayers according to that perfect wisdom and in lavish grace and generosity towards us. He knows best and he does what is best towards us as well. So if you're here this morning and you know that generosity of God in your life, well, let's uh, now read verse 15. Uh, It says, Solomon awoke, and behold, it was a dream. Then he came to Jerusalem and stood before the ark of the covenant of the Lord and offered up burnt offerings and peace offerings and made a feast for all his servants. And uh, now that verse is kind of confusing for like, us New Covenant minds. Um, <clears throat> so let me just unpack that a little bit, what it, what's actually going on there. Uh, Solomon was in Gibeon. Um, that, that was sort of the temporary popular place of worship because they didn't have the temple at that stage, of course. Um, but now he's gone, he's gone back to Jerusalem, um, to the tabernacle there. Um, and, of course, the altar was at the tabernacle as well, so that was where you, you offered your burnt offerings and stuff. Um, and there he offered burnt offerings and peace offerings. Now, burnt offerings are sort of like the general thing um, in Leviticus. They're, they're sort of used in this general way. They're, they're really associated with atonement, um, with forgiveness, but there's not as much specific um, purpose to them as, as some of the other offerings Uh, like the peace offerings, are very much about thanks to God. Um, And so we see there that Solomon um, is not just uh, lifting up a prayer of of confession in the burnt offerings, but he's lifting up a prayer of thanks to God, a worship filled with thanks and praise um, to God. And we too, if we've seen the generosity of God, we should be grateful to God. Uh, we should praise and thank him uh, in our prayers to him, uh, in the way we sing at church, in the way we talk and act during the week. And um, we can thank God in so many different ways uh, as we go about our lives. <coughs> so that's uh, the, two, <coughs> the two points this morning. God is loving uh, and so we can and should ask him to supply our needs uh, in Christ. And God is generous, um, so we can and should praise him when he does supply our needs. Now, how about you? Do you look at the future and think, how can I do this? Are you overwhelmed by what God has wants from you? The responsibilities that he's pre- placed on you? If you are, look at God's love in the way he, and he heard Solomon's prayer the way he hears your prayer, the way he does what is best, uh, and the way he sent Christ to die for you. And then as you see that love, ask your loving Father to supply your spiritual needs through Jesus. Or do you look at the future and think, I'm ready for this. Has God supplied your needs so that you are ready to do what he is currently calling you to do? Well, if so... Look at his generosity in the way he supplied your needs. Look at his generosity in Solomon's uh, and the generosity that he has in uh, Jesus, his son. Uh, And then praise your generous God for supplying your spiritual needs by the power of Christ. And then having asked Jesus to supply our needs, may we all follow where God leads. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord God, we uh, lift up um, to you our lives. Uh, Lord, as <clears throat> uh, Lord, we are so uh, aware of, of our own uh, inadequacy, Lord, um, as you've called us to serve you uh, in, in various capacities, Lord. You've called all of us to do certain things, um, Lord, and we uh, yet yeah, pray that you would um, just... Uh, supply everything that we need to do those lord we pray that you would supply the spiritual needs especially uh, so that we would um, be prepared to serve you Um, and lord we thank you uh, that you do hear our prayers that you uh, do answer our prayers lord and that we can look back over our lives uh, and see the ways that you have supplied our needs uh, in jesus christ your son and in the spirit that you've put in us uh, so we pray in in His name, Amen.